Hello, hello again. What's up? <laughs> How are you, Jay? I think I'm good. Oh my god. I think. Okay. Well, well, the more I think about it, the less the answer is yes. We'll, we'll take we'll take it. We'll Wait. take the first confident yes. And How we'll are you? With it. I'm good. Thank you. Starting grad school. Starting grad school. Nah. in it. Excited though. I am. I'm nervous. I'm excited. I don't feel old enough to be starting grad school. Yeah. Even though this is a perfectly normal time in life to be starting grad school. Some people are having kids, getting married. Some people have podcasts, you know? All That's us, grapes and coffee. All equal importance. Yeah. I think. Yeah. This is our baby. This is our baby. And so are all of our listeners. They are our sweet children. Sorry, we can't afford to feed you all. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I don't. There's not really anything too new. We don't have our guests anymore. We miss them. We miss them very much. You guys will probably miss them too. I hope. Mm. I thought they were delightful. They're all right. Okay. Well. I'm Kate. And I'm Jane. And this is Creeps and Coffee. A show where we talk about the dark parts of the world around us. Cryptids, conspiracies, things that go bump in the night. And the crimes behind the scariest creatures of all, humans. Join us as we take a look at the stories sure to give you the creeps. Pull up a seat, grab a coffee, and let's have a chat. Anyway. Well, this episode, we don't really have a guest, but we do have a special feature. We do. I'm excited about this. Yeah. So, last week, Jamie and I <laughs> were playing The Sims, and as we were just hanging out, we got a notification that we had a message over on our Instagram, which is at Grapes and Coffee. If you want to check it out and follow us, that would be lovely. But we got a message from a lovely person named Erica who is the co-author of a book called Confessions of a Prison Cook, Mm -hmm. A Fusion of Food and Crime. And we got to chatting with Erica about the book and sort of what she and the co-author Phil had been writing about for the last 10 years. And they thought it might be cool for us to kind of work together to talk about some crime and some coffee because we love coffee we love crime well we love everything we we don't love crime we don't support crime we are speak for yourself (laughs) we are interested in criminology Mm. there we go that sounds less like we're gonna get arrested debatable but okay but yeah so we are gonna talk about some crime and some coffee today and some coffee related crimes that were brought to us by confessions of a prison cook it's true and i am excited i also wanted to shout out their blog if i can do that now yeah that's cool absolutely um because i kind of went down a rabbit hole with them well Uh, (laughs) i should say Jamie has a newfound interest in blogs. It's true. We have a blog now. Yeah. We have a Creeps and Coffee blog. If anyone wants to go read it, Jamie's going to Creeps be... and Coffee. <laughs> Shocker. Jamie's going to be uploading once or twice a week just little blurbs of some stuff that 
might not be long enough to talk about in an episode, but are still yeah. fun to chat about. So true. if you want to follow along there and get some updates from us online, you can check out creepsandcoffee.blogspot.com. Mm-hmm. But I, yeah, that's that's a little shout out for us. Yeah. <laughs> but that's why Jamie's really into blogs right now. And it's, it's perfect that they have a blog. So And their titles are so interesting. Mm-hmm. They're really like... Not clickbait, but like attention grabbing. Yes. So I wanted to read them to you so you guys would be interested and check them out because I was screaming at some of them. (laughs) You have the extra creamy cupcake. I will leave that to your imagination. Don't, because it's exactly what you think it is. (laughs) It is. Deviled egg goes to jail. Mm. Pickled egg predicament. Rigatoni and mob memorabilia. Killer corn beef since 1934. You've got spaghetti sauce and poison. I love that. My favorite. Mm-hmm. The Codfather. <laughs> That's my favorite. That's a good one. <laughs> uh, the Haggis Hate Crime. Cannoli Killings. That one's actually dark. She murdered her children. Did mm-hmm. I already say Haggis Hate Crime? You did. Okay. Yeah. Snail sneaks into ginger beer. Mm. Snakey snail. <laughs> the crispy cream meth. Bye bye, Miss American Pot Pie. Uh-huh. <laughs> I like that one. The forensic frosting. Mm. Pastry murder for hire. And my personal favorite, Attack of the Resentful Tomato. <laughs> and there's so many more. All of those were posted in the past two months. Oh, yeah, I can't forget poop ice cream. Oh, yep. Posted on July 20th. Go check it out. <laughs> ah, yes. And the semen salad. Mm, that one's mm-hmm. fun. Start with semen and the semen. I like it. Yeah, you're welcome. I, what I really like about their blog is that they have a feature on it where if you type in any type of food, it'll pop up with a related crime. It's true. So in our case, you type in coffee, it'll come up with a bunch of coffee related crimes. Mm-hmm. They have a bunch of like, the most recent one I saw was about oysters. Mm. There's a scallop one. Yep. So it's a really... <laughs> It's a really dangerous website because you really get lost in a rabbit hole, as Jamie and I discovered it's true. through talking with Erica. And can I mention part of their book? Please do. Um, I didn't know if we were going to save it until last, but I just I saw it and I got excited <laughs> and I wanted to say it again. In the book, Confessions of a Prison Cook, I believe on page 37, 38, they have in different spots recipes, literal recipes, like... Four sprigs of rosemary, six cloves of garlic, salt, pepper, that kind of stuff. Mm. And it explains how to make it and then a pairing it with it, like a news clipping. Mm -hmm. So I wanted to give an example. The recipe is Bobby's bitter leg of lamb. The news pairing is an argument over groceries was to blame for a North Carolina altercation where a woman left her wheelchair to beat a man with her prosthetic leg. Honestly, I laughed so hard at that. Icon behavior. Good for her. Yeah. But I I think it's, we'll talk more about the book later. But I think it's really cool because Phil, the co-author, actually was a prison cook. Mm -hmm. So the story, like the book is about his experiences in prison, his life and what, what insanity that he saw. Yeah. Mixed with the reporting and like journalistic stuff that Erica brings. It's a really funny pairing. 
And if you and can't afford it, there's some free chapters, I believe, yeah, on there's, Google. There, yeah, there's six free chapters up on Amazon, so you can sample it and check it out, which is cool. And can I read one more? Yeah, go for it. So you have the recipe for a gooseberry crumble pie. Delicious. Mm -hmm. Caitlin doesn't like pie, so... I, don't, I also don't know what a gooseberry is. It's a berry. <laughs> Thanks, Jane. I don't actually know. Yeah. <laughs> the news pairing for that one is force-feeding geese to produce the delicacy foie gras is banned in 16 countries and most U.S. states. I thought foie gras was duck. Can you eat goose? Hold on. Wait. <laughs> it's made of duck or goose, but force-feeding them is illegal, so... Well, I Little that. fun history fact for you. Food history, if you will. History. <laughs> no. <Nope. Ew. laughs> this is a fisting-free podcast. Um, is it? <laughs> wow. Okay. <laughs> you attacked, yeah? So... <laughs> Sorry, that one blindsided me. So since this is a book about crime, mm -hmm. and we are a show fueled by coffee, mm -hmm. we thought it was only fitting to take a dive into the chapter Caffeine Capers and talk about some caffeine-fueled crimes instead of a caffeine-fueled podcast. Mm -hmm. So we found some cases that were referenced in the book, thanks to these lovely co-authors. Mm -hmm. And Jamie and I did some digging. We did some research of our own to look into how insane these cases can be. And we found there's three that we were really interested in. Yeah. So that's, if you guys are on board with us, that's what we're going to dive into today. Yeah. Jamie, would you like to, oh, just taking a sip. Drinking coffee? Um, it has coffee creamer in it. Are you drinking coffee creamer again? It has almond milk. Jamie, the you, almond milk tasted. Are gross you just alone. drinking almond milk and coffee creamer? I mixed. Oh my god! It's nighttime. I didn't want to have any coffee. The real crime in this episode. I'm gonna throw up. Do you know how many times I've caught her just <laughs> sipping coffee creamer straight out of it the bottle? It tastes good. The vegan stuff that's like caramel. Don't look at the microphone as if they're gonna help you. <laughs> she's looking as if this is the office and she's I did. staring. <laughs> they're not here to defend you. This is gonna turn into a coffee crime right now. Um, Michigan man. <laughs> Cool. I'm gonna talk about a Michigan man. I heard it that time. What? I'm gonna talk about a Michigan man. No. About the Michelin man? About the Michigan man who poisoned his ex-wife's coffee, who was only sentenced to 60 weekends in jail. 60 weekends? You know what? Yeah. I'm gonna go on a rant for a second. Go for it. I've never understood weekend prison times. It's just for fun. <laughs> like... These people go in, get locked up for the weekend, and then just go back out, live their lives. I don't understand that either. Is that not just guaranteed rest on the weekend? Yeah. Free food. Yeah. Place to lay your head. That's just mine. To be fair, I didn't know that was a thing until like this week. There you go. Yeah, this guy was only sentenced to 60 weekend days in jail. That's like, what, two months? Not two months. So there, hold on. Quick math. There's four I was four thinking weeks. if you did every day. 30 days. If you did every days. day, it's two months. Four weeks, typically, in a month. Go away. See, I understand So that's now. four weekends. Four. And, and 
two, two per weekend. <laughs> so that's eight per month. I'm starting my master's degree on Monday. <laughs> eight per month, right? No, there's two. <laughs> if it's four weeks, four weekends, two of those <laughs> weekend days. That's eight. Right. So eight. 32, 40. I'm counting on my fingers. 48. That's like... Seven months? Seven and a half. See, why wouldn't you just agree to do the two months? Right? Straight. Anyway, tell me more about this man. Anyway, it happened actually in 2019. Mm. And the prosecutors were outraged. Understandably. Yeah. Because they thought he deserved a harsher penalty. So, so what did he do? He poisoned his ex-wife's coffee. I'll explain. So Brian, uh, oh, I don't know how to say his last name, Brian. but I will try. Brian Kolzowski. Mike Kolzowski. Kolzowski. Brian of Michigan was, <laughs> I guess, Brian routinely placing up to eight sleeping pills in his wife's coffee every morning. Jesus. Yeah. Through all of July, as she was filing for a divorce. So, I'm going to take a stab in the dark here and say that he was abusive in the marriage. Probably. <laughs> and yeah, she charged him for poisoning in June of that year. Oh, so she didn't die? No. She <gasps> figured it out after she got sick. Good so, for her. I think her name is Therese? Ter- Therese. Therese? Just Therese? Mm-hmm. Not Teresa Caputo. <laughs> A typical Long Island mom. Except Therese for Kalowski. I talked to Kalowski. Yep. Yeah, she started feeling ill. Well, understandably. Eight sleeping pills in your iced coffee will do that to you. Mm-hmm. And she believes he did it in an effort to kill her, which is why she took him to court. Because she, she thought that since the marriage was ending, he figured it would be easier just to Yeah, kill why her. is that not an attempted murder charge? That's why prosecutors are mad. Because well, it I'm, should be. Well, I stand by the prosecutors. Yeah. That's bullshit. And so after she, start, after she started feeling sick, she became suspicious. Mm-hmm. So she put up hidden cameras in her kitchen. Straight up video footage of him doing this. Men are so stupid. Mm-hmm. And he did that. He put, this is a quote, eight sleeping pills into a coffee pot every single day for weeks on end. An adult dosage, according to the package, is one. Yeah, sleeping pills are intense. Yeah. It didn't work. I don't know how it didn't work. I don't know how she didn't pass out. Yeah. Or, like, fall asleep driving or just die. Good for her, though, for catching it. Yeah. And taking a stand. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, apparently this is a 15-year felony, consider- like, poisoning someone. You would think. Yeah, but for some reason, he was allowed to do this. Men. <laughs> Men. I don't... Uh, yeah, it also, was dipenhydramine. Sure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. You guys know what that is. <laughs> Try and spell it, I dare you. Yeah, so she was feeling tired and nauseous and had blurred vision, which I get that off of one pill. I take one of my stronger allergy meds, and I wake up confused as to where I am. It's true. <laughs> Like, I, t- I took a Benadryl the other night, and I woke up and I ran into the wall. <laughs> I can confirm. And yeah, so the last coffee he made, 
uh, was found to contain 127 milliliters of dihenahydramine. See, 127 milliliters. That's a lot. Because isn't... I don't know much about measurements. Normal, like, 10? I don't know. Something like Probably. that. Probably. That sounds like a lot to me. And he pleaded no contest to the charges of poisoning a drink. So why is he getting weekends? Yeah, why does he just get to gallivant through life? I hope she got everything in the divorce. Yeah. The prosecutor wanted at least 19 months in jail. Yeah. At least. I would too. Yeah. And apparently the court just seemed more focused on ensuring, quote unquote, the defendant's freedom and ability to work rather than the victim's safety. Yeah, that sounds what? about right. No, I feel like that should constitute... First of all, a domestic violence charge. Yeah. Second of all... And that means he's out now. Yeah. He's done. Oh, yeah. He's been done for years. Second of all, attempted murder. Third of all, poisoning. Literally. Maybe I should become a judge. No. That would be a lot. Well. Yeah. That was that one. Not to suggest that anyone do this, Mm -hmm. but I feel like going for the coffee is a, a risky way to do it. If you're going to poison someone. Because Mm. people who like coffee know how they like their coffee. And if they're anything like me, you can taste medicine. True. I just wanted to say, apparently, Mm. the adult dosage is 50 milligrams. So So it was a little bit more than... Just a little. (laughs) But yeah, so if your coffee seems off, you're going to take a sip and you're going to dump it. You're going to make a new pot. Mm-hmm. So maybe like water, juice, something that they're not drinking often, mm. or don't poison someone. That's the better route to go, probably. Of all the ways to kill someone, though, why are you choosing the one way that an autopsy will you you'll yeah, get caught? Very traceable. And it's like shocker, the ex husband did it. Yeah. Gasp. Yeah. No one ever suspects the ex-husband in the middle of the divorce. Mm-mm. He would never. So, another happy couple to come out of chapter 64 takes us to Barrington, Illinois. How do you spell that? Too many eyes. It's 2016. 65-year-old Larry and 59-year-old Karen Lotz were starting their day just like any other. They're, you know, typical family doing their thing. Doing drugs. No. No, they're not. (laughs) Karen was an admissions processing supervisor at Harper College, Hmm. where she had worked for almost 20 years. She started in 1996. She was passionate about economic empowerment and animal welfare. She talked about that stuff a lot. Preach. And then we have Larry. So Larry was a Vietnam vet who had come back and ended up working in IT, so information tech. Worked for a couple different employers, and then by this time, January of 2016, he was retired. And he was enjoying life at home. Larry was having a good time. His retired life often included waking up early to help Karen get ready for work, maintaining the house while she was away. Their son said that he would cook dinner for her and make sure dinner was on the table when she got home from work. That's nice. Yeah. I guess. I guess, yeah. When does it turn sour? This day in January would be much different for the couple that, quote, adored each other, unquote. Fairly early on in the day, police received a call from Larry informing them that he had shot his wife, 
following an argument about leaving the coffee maker on. He admitted it? Yep. Wow. So what happened was he shot her and then called one of their sons, told him that he shot their his mother, um. and then called the cops and told them the same story. So the story that he told them, which was captured on video, was that... They had gotten in this argument that it was like typical morning. Everything was fine. They gotten in an argument. Larry had gone up to his office, which was above the garage. He wanted to get some space. He wanted to cool down, but couldn't really do that. His head was all over the place. And Karen followed to try and continue the argument or, you know, have a conversation like a healthy relationship would. Mm -hmm. And when Karen entered, Larry pulled out his 45 caliber gun, pointed it at Karen, and shot four times. Three of these shots hit her, including one shot in the torso and one in the head. Karen, unfortunately, would later succumb to her injuries and would pass away later that day in a local hospital. Mm. Larry would try an insanity plea. No. And tried to blame PTSD that he was not diagnosed with. In the court case, People v. Lots, uh, which was updated in 2021. In, so two years prior to the shooting, Larry had been spending time with a man named Herman, who he served in Vietnam with, who he had worked with plenty of time, and with whom he had experienced a bomb, like a booby trap, being detonated and exploding near their base. And... Herman had spent six years in therapy to treat PTSD, Mm -hmm. which, you know, good for him. Mm -hmm. So he felt he had a pretty good handle on what the signs were. And he claimed that he started seeing some of those signs in Larry. Okay. A lot of people said, including like Larry's siblings, some neighbors said that he startled quite easily, which is typical of a war vet. Anybody in the military. Yeah. The sons. Uh, Curtis and Matthew, Karen and Larry's sons, Curtis, (laughs) said that his cognitive functioning had deteriorated in the last couple years before the shooting, so his memory was going downhill. That's not necessarily a PTSD thing. He was 65, so that happens. Um, But yeah, basically, Larry tried to take all of this and say that it was a blind rage. He panicked. And it was a trigger for him, so he whipped out a pistol. And according to Larry, the plan was he was going to shoot himself because of this argument. But Mm. when Karen walked into his man cave, he decided to shoot at her instead. Mm -hmm. The court was like, yeah, no. Doubt it. So Larry was charged with second-degree murder and was sentenced to 16 years in prison. Wow. All because... One of them forgot to turn the coffee maker off. The highest treason in a marriage? Also, though, what does that do? doesn't ruin the coffee or the coffee maker. Nope. Raises your power bill, maybe. Couple cents. Yep. Gas. Yep. Like, I understand not wanting to fuck with coffee. I get that. I don't know if I would murder some... Well, no, I do know. I do know that I wouldn't murder someone over that. It's just a bit of an overreaction. Yeah. And I think clearly there was some more stuff going on, but I don't think PTSD would justify shooting his wife in the head because they got in an argument. 
Yeah. I and don't think it was about the coffee machine, actually. No. As, yeah. Surprise. I think there was more behind it. Just a guess. Yeah. Just a stab in the dark. Well, maybe not the best analogy to um, use there. Are you done? But, but yeah. So, moral of the story. Turn your coffee machine off. And don't kill your spouse unless they really deserve it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm not going to argue yeah. that. Shall I move on to my final story? Please do, because I have heard of this one before. Do you know anything about it? I do. Oh. Well, feel free to, like, clue our guests in. Our guests, our audience, our people, our homies, (laughs) if I miss anything. We'll do it. So, this is a coffee murder, as it's quite... It's quite on the nose. On the nose, Yeah. Yeah. It's what it's being called in news articles, mm-hmm. the coffee murder mm-hmm. of Indonesia. Yep. The coffee murder in Indonesia. Shocker. In actually, I don't know how to say it, Jakarta? Mm-hmm. That's All exactly right. how you say it. Yes. So I believe three friends went on a coffee day. Was it Starbucks, actually? I don't think so. No, it wasn't. It it was an upscale Jakarta cafe. Yeah, it was like a local cafe. My brain just pictured Starbucks, and I was like, Mm. I wonder why. Drinking Starbucks. <laughs> oh. It's 8 p.m. I don't know how to say any of their names. And I feel bad. Let me see. Wei, Weiyan Mirna Salhini. And Jessica Kamala Wongsu. Sure. Wongsu? Sure. Anyway, they were hanging out, having coffee. Mm-hmm. And when Weiyan had a drink of her iced Vietnamese coffee, delicious, by the way, Mm -hmm. she collapsed and started convulsing. And a couple hours later, she died. And the autopsy said that the 27-year-old died of cyanide poisoning. And the court ruled that her companion, Jessica, was the one who killed her because she spiked her drink. Mm-hmm. Jessica tried to fight that real hard mm-hmm. until the CCTV footage came out of her putting cyanide. Well, what? Well, there, she still fights it by oh, saying, yes. "Oh, you can't see yeah. my hand put anything no. in. It's covered by a bag. Mm-hmm. Convenient. Yeah, conveniently covered by a bag. Yeah. Sure. But yeah, they were friends. They all attended college together and stuff. So like, why'd you do that? Why'd you kill her? Um, <laughs> Tell me. So from what I remember, the two girls got there first and, like, got the coffee. Yeah. And, and then Jessica was being real shady to the barista. Like, the barista thought something weird was going on. Mm, I didn't read and that. And immediately after Wei-Yun mm-hmm. was taken to the hospital or, like, attended to by paramedics, Jessica started blaming the barista, saying, oh, you laced it. You laced her coffee with something. Sure. You must have done it. So immediately people were like, well, why do you think the coffee's poisoned? Mm-hmm. She was like, that w- weird. I don't know. So barista must have done it. It's yeah. Crazy. She made a series of quote unquote unknown movements behind the bag. Yep. In front of her coffee. Mm-hmm. Jessica, not looking great for you. No. Um, and it's in clear view. Like, did you see the CCTV footage? No, I haven't watched it's it. in clear view that she's doing something to the coffee. Yeah. You don't need it to be exact footage. That's pretty pretty strong evidence. Yeah. yeah. But a little side note, apparently the location of the cafe, they consistently run out of Vietnamese iced coffees now. 
because intrigued residents come and order it because they want to. That's fucked up. That is. I would do that, but. (laughs) See, it reminds me, there's a show. Is it the one about tourists? Yeah. Dark. Dark tourism. Is that what it's called? Dark tourist. Dark tourist, yeah. Yeah, so there's a show called Dark Tourist that talks about people like going on these tours and stuff. And one that I specifically remember, I think was they do a Chernobyl Jeffrey one. Dahmer. Oh. So there was an oh, episode no. where the like host was going on a tour of like all the locations where Jeffrey Dahmer picked up victims and like the gay bar and stuff. And they interviewed this bridal party that was on the tour and the bride's the bride and the bridesmaids were like, he was just so hot. There was just, like, an air about him. Uh, it's just so fascinating because, like, was he really this bad guy or was he just lonely? And I was like, no, um, he, was a, he was a gay murderer. He would not be interested in you. You don't need to kiss his ass. And also, a murderer. But that's the same vibe. Isn't he dead vibe. now, too? What? Isn't he dead, too? Yeah. She's bad, taste. But it's, like, the same vibe as going to where this woman was killed. Well, there's also, from the Dark Tourist show, mm-hmm. it's like people can do a tour where they literally trek from Mexico to the border. Yeah. Just to experience, like, what these people felt trying to illegally cross the border. Yeah, That's they, messed up. They have, like, fake border cops that'll... Fake guns and yeah. stuff. How white and privileged do you have to be to be like, you know, it'd be really cool. Almost not really dying, but pretending we are. Yeah. And you know for a fact that those people are like, I know what they've been through. Yeah. I've seen the horrors. And then they go hang out on their yacht. Yeah. That's nice. (laughs) Anyway. (laughs) Back to Indonesia. Yeah. So she did say that her coffee tasted funny. Mm -hmm. I do believe cyanide has a flavor. What flavor? Isn't it almond flavor? Doesn't it taste like almond extra? You know what? I think you're right. <laughs> well, that's still not belong in a Vietnamese iced coffee. It's true. Unless she asked for it. <laughs> almond you're, flavored, you're not one, cyanide. You're the one currently drinking almond milk and coffee creamer. <laughs> Hi, can so. I get an iced caramel macchiato with a side of cyanide? Yeah, can you just throw a little dash of poison in there? But yeah, so it was actually kind of weird. So the autopsy was completed on January 10th, and... An Australian toxicology expert testified, toxicology expert testified, saying that the amount of cyanide found in her body was not enough to kill her. But why she did then? Yeah. So, no, let me get this straight. So this woman in our first story takes eight sleeping tablets in her coffee (laughs) every morning for weeks and is fine. This poor girl takes not even a lethal dose of cyanide. And is done so on a coffee Plot shop twist. floor. Both friends she's with poison her drink. <gasps> and yeah, apparently the defendant was adamant that she was never seen spiking the coffee. Also, just because you hide it from the cameras, there are other people around. Did nobody yeah, else see Yeah, there were other it? witnesses. Okay. Yeah. So like, ma'am. But that's what I mean. Even the barista was like, no, she was meddling with something. Yeah. So Jessica... It was also known that she'd apparently attempted suicide before Mm. after she was involved in a drunk driving accident. Mm -hmm. She's not a great person. No. And prosecutors said that she tried to kill her friend because she had once insulted Jessica's former boyfriend and told her she should break up with him. 
Listen, if I had a dime <laughs> for every time you and Holland insulted one of my exes and told me to break up You'd with them. You'd be rich. I'd have so much money. And I have never once thought about poisoning your cough. Well, oh, I've never once followed through on poisoning your coffee. <laughs> what times did you plan on poisoning my coffee? <laughs> anyway, it was said that Jessica showed no emotion after her friend started convulsing and try and didn't do anything to help her when she like fell to the floor. You know, she literally looked over as if she was like, oh. get up. That's unfortunate. <laughs> yeah, and she was declared guilty. Shocker. This was in 2016, so I'm assuming she's in jail right now. I would hope so. Hopefully. Unless she's just there on weekends. Yeah, that's the Indonesian coffee murders. Iced Vietnamese coffee. More I know it's bad, but now I want an iced Vietnamese coffee. Moral of the story, don't let anyone touch your coffee. It's true. That's it. <laughs> that's the only moral. <laughs> Thanks for listening. No, it was it was fun to be able to look at some of these crimes and just like the thought of something so mundane and so routine mm-hmm. in so many people's daily lives, ours included, like just sitting down and having a cup of coffee, mm-hmm. the fact that something so simple led to such insane cases, and so many more. In chapter 64 of Confessions of a Prison Cook, there's at least 20 examples. You talk about a woman being arrested and strip searched by religious police in Saudi Arabia for drinking coffee with a man at Starbucks. Men are bad. Coffee's bad. You talk about police dogs sniffing out bags of crack cocaine that were hidden in a bag of coffee grounds. You talk Is about. This in America? <laughs> yeah. Shocker. <laughs> talk about, oh, Abigail Folger. Mm. the Folger dynasty being murdered by the Manson family. Yeah. All of these crazy things. Can I say some too? Please do. Well, apparently in Kansas, a group of young adults, teens, tweens, whatever they are, fended off a predator, Mm. a.k.a. a pedophile, Mm. by throwing hot coffee. It is a good weapon. Uh, I'm assuming it was a guy at him. Yeah, Yeah, that's the thing. There's positive connotations to it, too. It's not just, like, coffee leads to murder. Yeah. As my stats professor always used to say, correlation does not equal causation. It's true. Drilled into your brain. Yeah. Um, And there's a lot of Italian crime families who (laughs) bully restaurants into only selling coffees by mobsters. Go crime. Um, Davero. What? It's true. Davero. Oh, they said Davide. <laughs> Liar. Actress. Yeah, that's all I got. There's, yeah, there's lots of stories, and obviously this being chapter 64. Lots of chapters. There's lots of chapters. It's not just about coffee. There's a whole section of the book where caffeine capers is found, called mm-hmm. a la carte, which is basically these historical fusions of crime and food types. So basically what we've been talking about and what they do on their blog. But the main book itself is about Phil and his experiences at Otisville Federal Prison as an inmate's chef. So do you want to read us a blurb about the book? Give everyone a brief summary? I would 
love to. So imagine. I am imagining. Close your eyes. <laughs> yeah. Close your eyes. As Connor likes to tell me, close your eyes, shut the fuck up, and get comfortable. Ready. <laughs> imagine being sentenced to 10 years in jail. <gasps> How would you survive? I wouldn't. Confessions of a prison cook, a fusion of food and crime, is based on the true story of a New York banker's incarceration and redemption after becoming the inmate's chef. New York! Nourishing fellow cons and eventually his own soul, Phil Longo survives and thrives to recount twisted tales and stir up tongue-in-cheek recipes, much like the lady with the, the leg. Tongue-in-cheek. <laughs> Mix in some sexy, inept nurses. Mm, I read that chapter. Drunks. Mm. Monks. Chinese gangsters mm. and one-legged cooks. Ooh. Food was not the spiciest part of his experience, <laughs> but it does become Phil's olive branch to Otis villains, okay. the people at the prison, ah. like chocolate-addicted teen gangster Jesus. No, Jesus. <laughs> Bane mafioso Joey. I didn't know if Jesus went to jail. If that's not a mafioso name, my name's Joey. Yeah. Yeah. And Contraband King Lincoln. That's a cool name. It is. I have a student named Lincoln. Lincoln. Incarcerated for a decade, Phil learns life is truly stranger than fiction, and he gains rich insight into his fellow man and realizes that no one is rotten to the core. Except pedophilic murderers. She's got a point. And rapists. It's true. <laughs> Everybody else, yeah. Everybody else, yeah. We'll see. Yeah. So if this sounds like something that you'd be interested in, and if you like us, we think you would be interested in this, we highly recommend you check out this book, which is available for sale at Amazon all over the world. You can get a paperback copy. You can get a Kindle edition. So once again, the book is called Confessions of a Prison Cook, A Fusion of Food and Crime. It's in a cool font. It is. It is co-authored by Phil Longo, the man of the hour, and Erica Sommerfeld, who we have to thank for this episode. It's true. Because we wouldn't we wouldn't know about all of the hard work they put into this. Ten go years. follow them on Instagram yeah. because they have an Instagram. Yeah. They worked for 10 years on this book and for some reason chose us to talk about it. 10 years ago, I was a child. <laughs> it's true. Oh god, we were 13. Mm -hmm. We gotta go. That has been Creeps and Coffee for this week. No, no, I can do the outro. Outro! <laughs> anyway. <laughs> what, was that not good? While you're checking out Erica and Phil at Food and Crime. I was right! You said crime and food. Oh. <laughs> Check out their Instagram at Food and Crime. You can also check out our Instagram at Creeps and Coffee. Our Twitter at Creeps and Coffee. You can check out our blog now at creepsandcoffee.blogspot.com. You can send us an email at creepsandcoffee@gmail.com if you have any book recommendations. If you have questions for Erica and Phil, we would love to send them over to them. Or if you want to help support the show and possibly buy us coffee. <laughs> to help our caffeine-fueled recording sessions. Or sponsors. Or sponsor us, that'd be great. You can check out our Buy Me A Coffee page, which is buymeacoffee.com slash coffee. Keep listening, keep liking, keep sharing, keep spreading the love. Round of applause. And don't murder anybody for coffee.
But drink coffee. All the time. Drugs. <laughs> Us, follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Creeps and Coffee.